Hi guys, it's John Otterstead, Scarlet Nation Podcast. I'm excited. This is our kicking episode today. Rutgers has to replace its kicker and its punter for 2018. And I don't think there's anyone better to speak to than Lee McDonald. He's a former Rutgers kicker himself. And he still stays involved in the program, as well as the New Jersey high school kicking scene through his company, Special Team Solutions. You can find them online. Look up Special Team Solutions. And Lee has not only been working with the top up-and-coming kickers in the state and the region, and in fact, I guess they say across the country, too. He has also worked with many of the Rutgers kickers, past and present. And so he has some great insight, and I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with him. But before we go, I just want to remind you, if you're not a member of ScarletNation.com, please consider giving us a shot. We are completely dedicated to giving you the best Rutgers content 365 days a year, and we can only do it with your support. We love what we do, and we hope you love it too. ScarletNation.com. Anyway, no further ado, here is Lee McDonald. Let's just talk a little bit about you and your time at Rutgers. I know it was a special time for you in your life. Uh, just talk a little bit about when you played for Rutgers and under what coaches. Sure. Thanks for having me, John. Um, I was recruited by Doug Graver, uh, so I was part of the 1995 recruiting class uh, out of DeMatha High School in Maryland in the D.C. area. And um, redshirted my first year, but then played uh, four consecutive years, uh, kicking off and doing field goals uh, under Terry Shea. And what would you say the highlight of your career was as a Scarlet Knight? Well, no doubt our last, my last home game, uh, we were fortunate enough to pull off a major upset against Syracuse University. I think we were 33-point underdogs, and I was just fortunate to be in the position to hit a game-winning field goal and, and connect on that field goal. So that's always going to be probably the top moment. Got carried off the field. It really special. Um, to, to just have that opportunity and, and be able to do that with uh, with my teammates as a last kind of hurrah as part of the experience on the banks. You, you know what I hate is because that's always considered one of everyone's favorite games in recent memory. And I was down in New Brunswick that day. I took my wife and my two small children who were babies at the time. We get down to the parking lot. We get out of the car. And it is so cold and windy that day. Um, and my wife says, that's it. The kids can't handle this. We have to leave. And we drove home. And only later did I find out that I missed a great game. <laughs> so, unfortunately, uh, but I'm sure that's, oh, man, I, I wish I could have been down there for that one. But um, now, Lee, since you left Rutgers, you got into the world of training kickers. I know you're also an educator. How did you get into that world? Um. So after I left Rutgers, I played briefly in the Arena Football League. Uh, unfortunately, had a pretty nasty injury, tore an ACL, literally seven, eight games into it, and that, that was kind of the beginning of the end, so to speak, as far as playing. Uh, I went back to Rutgers to finish my master's degree and had the opportunity to work uh, as a graduate assistant under Greg Schiano in terms of academic support. Uh, I was pursuing a master's degree in counseling psychology, so I worked uh, with the academic support staff, specifically with football. Uh, during that time, Shiano's first year, the, the kickers were struggling a little bit, and he just on a whim asked me to kind of come out and check things out on the practice field and, uh, you know, take a look maybe at some of the film and, and help them as much as I could. And 
that's kind of how it got started. And then next thing I knew, uh, you know, there were some high school coaches that were, I had interactions through just with my involvement in the program that were asking me about working with their guys. And then next thing I knew we, you know, I had started up, uh, Special Team Solutions, which is a training organization with one of my former teammates, Charlie Titus, who was a punter at Rutgers when I kicked. And so today we're, we're still going strong. Um, you know, 17, 18 years later, we're still doing our thing and train a lot of high school and certainly college kickers, punters, and, and long snappers as well. Now, you've been around Rutgers for a while, whether as a player or as in that other role you're talking about. Can you comment a little bit about just how the kicking position's been either handled or regarded among the different coaching staffs? Sure. I mean, I, I think different staffs have different philosophies, but, you know, going back to, um, you know, Shiano and his importance in the kicking game and blocking kicks and being strong in the return and, and being able to pin opponents deep and make field goals, you think about the recruiting that he did in terms of, you know, recruiting guys like Jeremy Ito. You know, he scoured the country for the best possible kicker, and that's, you can see, when you have a solid kicking game, what it can really do uh, for all three phases of the game, uh, for example. And I think every special teams coach has kind of had their different uh, philosophy, but, you know, the, the recruiting has always been an emphasis in terms of trying to recruit, you know, the best local guys, talent, uh, but also looking at different areas of the country and trying to, to bring guys in that can be those difference makers. Um, and, and the perfect example you know, Ryan Anderson, uh, the punter, the Juco punter that they brought in or, or post-grad, really, uh, that made a big difference, I think, this past season for Rutgers in terms of field position and, and what a solid punting game, as an example, can do in terms of field position and uh, keeping you in the game, so to speak. Now, has there been a Rutgers assistant coach that particularly impressed you with the way that either he focused on the recruiting element of getting a kicker or punter or just the way that he coached the the players? Sure. There's, there's a couple guys that come to mind. Uh, Darren Rizzi, uh, was, was there, uh, when Shiana was a head coach, Darren really brought a uh, kind of a passion for special teams. And again, really started that idea of looking all over the country for kickers, punters, and snappers. Uh, he's, he moved on to the NFL a few, a few years later. And um, I think he's still with the Miami Dolphins, if I'm not correct. Correct. Another guy, Eddie Allen, uh, who I've kept in touch with through the years. Eddie's currently the special teams coach at UConn. But another guy that really took the time to do their homework in terms of the kicking game, kicking, punting, and snapping, and was willing to tap into the resources uh, that were available, you know, speaking with guys like myself that run camps and, and have an idea of some of the top talent out there and you know, certainly tapping into high school coaches and just looking wherever they can to get the best possible talent. And when you have a coach that does that, does their homework, uh, it pays dividends in recruiting and ultimately in the uh, the performance on the field. And not again, not just special teams, but offense, defense. When you have a good kicker, punter, and snap snapper, it's it's huge. And when you're talking about margin of error at the Division One A level, uh, it can be a real difference maker. Lee, I've heard other people in your world talk about how perhaps the colleges don't pay as much attention to the kickers as they should, either in the training element or in the recruiting element. Do you feel that that is something that varies from program to program, and why? 
no doubt it does. I think you, you're still that's still a challenge uh, in, in speaking with current college players that we train. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, most college special teams coaches uh, never kicked, pun- punted, or snapped and, and don't necessarily have that experience of going through what that's like as a player and, and the unique challenges to that position in terms of coaching and technique. I mean, the, the kicking game is, is very technique-oriented and mechanically-oriented, and most college football coaches do not necessarily have an expertise in that regard, so, which is why you have kicking, punting, snapping camps and, you know, that college guys are not relying on the special teams coach for feedback. Why why is that the the case, though? You know, why do we have a situation where, like at Rutgers right now, I think there's only two uh, scholarship kickers, punters on the team right now. That seems kind of low to me, given the importance of the position. And I'm not trying to throw Rutgers under the bus, because I think that's pretty similar in a lot of places. And as you said, in many schools, the people who are coaching these kids have never even played the position. Why do you think it's given such, uh, I don't know, I guess, small priority in the grand scheme of things? You know, that's a great question, John. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, let's be honest that the position doesn't always command the same respect that other positions do. Uh, until however, you really need somebody. You, right, until you really need somebody. And, and, you know, to that end, I would say that there's a lot of, um, you know, people that still haven't bought into the idea that, hey, if I'm going to re- – the value and the uh, the dividends that recruiting a good kicker, punter, and snapper can can do, and uh, so I think that's that's always going to to be a challenge. You have kind of that old old school thinking and mindset, unfortunately, that I think still exists uh, among some football coaches. But I will say that there's been a lot of progress. I think the having camps, different training organizations, uh, and, and just an awareness has brought. Uh, a little bit more respect to the position. And the other reality is that the guys that are getting recruited to the highest levels of college football that are playing in the NFL, they are all great athletes. If you look at their backgrounds, they're guys that played multiple sports in high school. Um, in many cases, they're, they're size-wise uh, and athletic ability is, is very strong. And when you have that, you have the, the mechanical background it's a huge plus to your program. And I do think you see more college special teams coaches and NFL coaches that are at least making an attempt, even if they didn't kick or punt or snap in college, know the basics about good mechanics, be able to provide some level of feedback and certainly encouragement. Half of the game at the college level, truth be told, is psychological. So be able to talk the talk and encourage your players in a positive manner to perform at their best and provide them with the ideal kind of training conditions, even if it's not necessarily a, a coach that is an expert as a kicker. But, uh, you know, I, I, the other piece of that, I think that you're going to see uh, with the addition of, um, of, of a, I don't know how many, there's an additional staff member that teams are now able to bring on, um, I do think over time that at some point there's, there's going to be this realization that perhaps having somebody on staff that is an expert at kicking, punting, or snapping, what that could really do for your special team. So, um, you know, I'm hoping, but I also think that that's a real possibility in the near future. Well, 
let's get in on just talking about the Rutgers players for this upcoming year, but we'll start with a quick look back. Um, we'll start with the punting position. 2017, you had Ryan Anderson. He was a one-year grad transfer. He started at D2 Saginaw State, where, um, then went on to Division Three Olivet, where he was a two-time All-American. He was first-team All-Big Ten, um, first Scarlet Knight ever to achieve such a feat, averaged 44.4 yards per punt, uh, 20 punts inside the 20-yard line. And um, I think he either already just went or he's heading soon to a mini camp with the Patriots. Um, Lee, can you just tell me about what you saw on him this year and just the importance of having someone as strong as him to the Scarlet Knight squad? Sure. Um, you know, I first let me just clarify, I never had the opportunity uh, to, to train Ryan, but just from watching film of him and seeing him perform this fall, you know, clearly he brought a level, number one, of maturity and experience to the position, which is huge as a punter. Um, just like any other position, there's an adjustment to the college level, but the fact that he came in, uh, even if it was Division II, uh, and he was kicking in front of 2,000 people as opposed to 60, there's still a level of, uh, you know, maturity overall from a, from a psychological perspective, but also a mechanical perspective. So he brought that sound uh, experience that you would expect getting a, a grad transfer. Um, so that, I think, really allowed him to make that transition uh, to Rutgers and, and be able to do some things in terms of consistency, changing field position. He's got very good size, clearly a fast leg, solid mechanics. So those are things that we're able to transfer in terms of success. Now, is it uncommon for a player to take his route? He, you know, going from the Division Two level, Division Three level, up to the Division One level, just traveling upwards. Uh, we hear a lot about guys who will do the graduate transfer from one Division One school to another. But have you seen it going from even a lower level up to a higher level? I have not seen that too often, but I think in the case of kickers and punters, uh, one of the realities is that as more and more kids have gravitated for kicking, punting, and snapping, there's an, a, more talent out there than there's ever been. And to that end, there's only so many spots at the Division One A level, right? So what that means is that you, know, you could have a kid that uh, could play anywhere but ends up deciding to go to a Division Two or three school because of the right fit or just wasn't necessarily right place, right time to get a scholarship offer um, that could play at any level. And I've seen those students, student-athletes, uh, you know, I've seen those situations where we've had guys do that. They could have played anywhere, but because of circumstances, because of timing, um, because the reality is scholarships are hard to come by as far as kickers, punters, and snappers out of high school. There's very few schools. Um, when you think about the overall number of, of scholarships out there, most schools only carry one guy per, per position, kicking, punting, and snapping, on a scholarship at one time. Maybe sometimes there's some crossover and they have four, uh, in rare cases, five among that group. But it's pretty rare that you'll have multiple guys. It's not like, you know, quarterback, defensive back. You can have a bunch of those guys on scholarship. That's not the case for kicking and punting. So I've had kids that could play anywhere, and they get an offer in a 1AA school, and uh, it's a scholarship, and the 1A school says, well, we don't have one this year. Our guy's a junior. You can walk on, and then we'll get you one in two years. Well, you know, as a parent, as a student, you got to think about that and uh, follow the money if, if that's something that 
uh, a key element for you. Right. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about Adam Corsack. He is going to be joining Rutgers for, by way of Australia. He'll have three years to compete. He trained with former NFL punter Nathan Chapman and former NFL kicker John Smith at Pro Kick Australia. And that's how, he, I, from what I understand, how he found his way over to Rutgers. What do you know about Corsack? So Adam is, uh, we've had multiple opportunities to coach him since he arrived on campus this spring. He's come out to train with us a few times in the, the groups that we run with college players. Uh, Charlie Titus, uh, my punting coach, has had a chance to work with him. And, you know, as, as former Scarlet Knights, we're always available to those guys. Um, and, you know, first of all, he's, he's a great kid and presents himself quite well. He's got the demeanor that you're looking for in terms of a punter, you know, somebody that can handle the pressure and, and he's a little bit older, uh, so he's more mature, which is a good thing in that position. Uh, he is, you know, has solid mechanics. And, of course, there's always going to be an adjustment period in terms of going from high school or really in his case, I don't know that he ever played formally American football, getting used to the game, but he seems to have done well this spring. I, I think in terms of mechanics and, and ball placement, he's, he's very accurate. He brings a different element in terms of the rugby-style punting, uh, being able to place the ball into, into the corners, coffin corner, uh, being able to put some backspin on the ball and put that ball inside the 10 and hopefully pin opponents deep. So uh, I think the opportunity for him to come in right away and, and, and make a difference, albeit a little bit different than perhaps Ryan Anderson, uh, will, will be there for him. Now, you alluded to it a little bit, just talking about that adjustment for him and my next question was related in that, you know, how common is it for these Australian punters to come play at the Division One level in America? And, you know, how is their game different than those who are born and bred here? Um, I, you know, it's definitely been, I don't know if you want to call it a bad or something where you've seen a, uh, several schools recruit uh, Aussie punters. And, uh, you know, certainly the game is different. The the, the ball is different in terms of Australian rules football, if that's specifically what you're talking about. But I think the fact that you have some, some training in American football occurring there, uh, that has allowed them to kind of make that adjustment and be able to successfully punt, you know, football, but also bring a different, a little bit of a different skill set in terms of placement and um, how you, you, you hit the ball in terms of not necessarily – turning it over, doing an end-over-end kick when appropriate. It's a little bit more difficult for a kick returner to handle, um, creating uh, perhaps turnover opportunities on special teams uh, and really being able to, to pin the opponent deep. So there's a little bit of a different skill set, which I think is part of the attraction for some coaches. Uh, but like any, anybody else, you know, it, it, it's a big adjustment transitioning from high school or a different uh, game, so to speak, to the Division One A level, and, and that's why um, it's not too often that you see a true freshman come in and punt right away because it is a very big adjustment, it's especially for the One A level. The speed of the game, uh, the get-off times, how quickly you have to catch and kick—it's uh, a big difference. Right. Well, let's move over to the kicking position. Last year, Rutgers had Andrew Hart. He was a one-and-done player himself, transferring over from Minnesota. He was 7-10 on field goals, including 6-7 for seven inside the 40-yard line, and with a long of 50. 
what you know what do you remember about Hart and um, you know how much are they going to miss him? Yeah, I mean, I think going back to that maturity factor, somebody that had a relationship with with I think it was the offensive coordinator and, and being able to come in and, and had played some in the Big Ten was huge, um, and and be able to push the, the the current starter and provide you know a level of consistency in terms of. Uh, you know, the kicking game was, was big. So the question will be, can, can the next guy step up and provide that same level of consistency and perhaps even give them more from a, a leg strength standpoint um, and you know, having some familiarity with the roster, I, I think we're going to see that in the coming season. So uh, with a player that was able to get some experience this year with Justin Davidovich kicking off. Right. Now, speaking of Justin Davidovich, uh, true sophomore from Bridgewater, last season handled the kickoffs, uh, registered 14 touchbacks on 46 kickoffs last year, and from all everything I've heard, showed some great leg strength. Um, you know, what, what do you see for him? And I, I believe you've trained him, correct? Correct. So I've had the opportunity to work with Justin since he was, uh, I want to say, eighth grade, ninth grade. So he's spent a lot of time with us. Um, he's a hard worker. He's a great kid. He, he he really works hard to perfect his craft, um, and that said, he's got a, a lot of natural ability, great leg strength, uh, which is what allowed him to come in from day one and assume the kickoff duty roles last year, which I think made a big difference as well in terms of field position and allowed uh, you know the the defense to start much better position on average than they had the previous years before. So. You know, now the question is, you know, is he able to transition that into full-time field goal duties, which I believe he is. He got a very solid spring, um, and he, he performs well under pressure. And I think he's going to give Rutgers uh, a, a different element in terms of range. You know, he, he likes to buys. Um, he can hit it pretty good from pretty far out. So I would expect that. Rutgers might try some more field goal attempts than they have in the most recent past. I mean, they really haven't had, for many reasons, a lot of opportunities, but I think all of, some of that had to do with the, the range in terms of the kicking game. Uh, so I think Justin brings that uh, to the table. And now that he, he's had a year to kind of get his feet wet, get some game experience, which to me is ideal, um, and that this his first opportunity in a game this year won't be his his, his first game experience, and that's always a plus. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think fans are excited. When you, when you mentioned those longer kicks, it's been a while, I guess, since Rutgers has had a lot of those long, meaningful kicks that could make or break a game. And if Rutgers has someone like him who could, you know, who has that type of range, I think it could make for an exciting season. Absolutely. So let's just talk a little bit about just the experience of being a kicker on a team and. I'm, you know, I've been to a bunch of college practices in the past. I kind of see the division of who's practicing where on the field and when. Can you comment a little bit about just on that overall college football experience for a kicker or a punter? Um, where, you know, how, how is it different for them than, say, a quarterback or a running back or a lineman um, in terms of just the overall experience, when they practice, where they practice, the amount of attention they're getting from the coaching staff and all that all wrapped together? Sure. Um, so, you know, being a kicker, punter, snapper in a Division One program, it's 
it's obviously those are unique positions. There's limited opportunities to perform. Uh, there are is typically not a whole lot of uh, structure in terms of the routine, what you're practicing, the drill work, going over your mechanics. You're, you, there's a level of autonomy there, as I spoke to earlier, where you may not necessarily have a coach looking over your shoulder constantly in terms of what you're doing and how you're training. So, you know, by nature of the position, you're somewhat isolated from your teammates. Uh, and to that end, you know, it, it's, it goes back to respect piece earlier. You might be a running back or quarterback, and just by being in that position, you know, you walk in the door and there's a certain level of respect for kickers, punters, and snappers. And this is something I, I, I reinforce with guys that we work with all the time is that you've got to really earn that, and you've got to make sure that you're, you're putting in a lot of hard work to protect your craft and that when you get opportunities, you're capitalizing on them. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but that your teammates – respect you and understand what you do and how hard you work, whether that's on the field, in the weight room, in the classroom. So you've got to really earn that to be a part of uh, the team and, and really uh, make a meaningful impact. So I think that, that those are some of the factors that you have to deal with. And, and the other part of it is that it's very psychological. As I said before, as you get limited opportunities in a game, you know, you could versus, uh, you know, you could miss a field goal in the first half and not get another opportunity at the fourth quarter. Well, you've got, you know, an hour, an hour and a half to really think about what went wrong, what went right, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, a, a cornerback can get burned, get back up, and next play again, they have a new opportunity to bat the ball away or make a tackle. You know, it, and that's something that's a little bit more difficult uh, from a uh, sports psychology perspective for kickers, punters, and snappers. And, you know, there's there's a lot of pressure. When you're out there, uh, if you make a mistake, uh, you know, the whole world knows it. So um, that's something in itself that is much more psychological than other positions where you're, because of the frequency of your position, you're, you're able to have a little bit of, uh, uh, it's a little easier in terms of your, your memory of, of what just occurred, good, bad, or indifferent. In your experience and all the time you've spent around Rutgers, is there someone who you feel kind of pulls all that together the best in terms of just that work ethic? You said you have to be able to have some autonomy because there isn't someone looking over your shoulder. So is there someone who really put that extra effort in or maybe had that extra element of focus on game day and able to drown everything out? Who do you think of when you think of that kind of consummate kicker? Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of guys that through the years that have, have uh, been able to do that, some better than others. Um, you know, I, I think everybody knows Jeremy Ito and kind of what he brought to the position. And, you know, he was somebody that, again, worked very hard uh, to perfect his craft as we developed a relationship with him. We had him in a lot of camps and kind of got to know who he was and, and who he was as a person and what he brought to the table. And he was always out there working and he was always thinking about ways to improve his game. Um, and, you know, you could see that in the, the seriousness, the focus, uh, but he also had that demeanor too, in terms of being able to brush things off uh, if things didn't go his way. So, you know, I think those are the, 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 the mental side of the game that is, I don't know that it's always emphasized during the recruiting process and, and how important that is. 
that, you know, can a kid do it when the lights are on? Um, you know, I know when we run camps, we, we can't recreate game day, but what we do try to do is make put kids in pressure situations, um, make it difficult for them to perform, whether that's playing loud music, getting in their ear, making them run onto the field, uh, doing things that distract them, uh, allow them to easier, you know, lose their focus, so to speak. So um, I think that all of those things combined are, are, in addition to the physical talent, you've got to have that. Uh, it, it's got to be a good thing going on between the ears. Back when Ito was a Scarlet Knight, I know fans talked often about how he was supposedly a very good golfer and how that might translate into being a good kicker in some ways. Are there different uh, sports, skills, activities like that that you feel translate? If you hear that a kicker is proficient in some particular activity that you go, okay, I could I could work with this. This might help him uh, in one of those key areas to be a top kicker. Sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, naturally a lot of people think of soccer when they talk talking about kickers, like how did you get your start? I played a tremendous amount of soccer growing up, as do a lot of kickers. Soccer is good in terms of balance, coordination, athletic ability. Uh, it's, it's a very different form in terms of mechanics, kicking a football successfully and kicking a soccer ball successfully are two different things. Um, but any of those individual sports, you mentioned golf, where there's a there's a level of focus that has to be there to hit a good ball. Uh, and, and golf is an easily transferable skill to kicking and punting. That's why you see these golf tournaments that celebrity pro-amps where you know, half the time you got kickers and punters that are out there that are doing quite well. There's a direct correlation. The other position I think is, is very relevant to kicking um, and it's something that I experienced growing up. I played a lot of baseball. I was a pitcher and I felt that that was a skill that I was used to being on the mound and kind of in control, so to speak, and that same kind of idea where you're under pressure, the spotlight, every ball counts. Um, you've got to really bring your focus and your best game to those limited opportunities uh, as a pitcher. So, And you had to be able to shake off. You threw a bad pitch and a guy rocked one off the right field wall. You had to be able to shake that off and, and move forward on the, the next opportunity. And that's, that's very relevant to what uh, kickers, punters, and snappers do. Now, you mentioned soccer before, and in New Jersey, soccer and football are played in the same season. But I believe in other parts of the country, uh, particularly in Florida, I, Florida, uh, I guess, is it a spring sport, I believe? Isn't that the case? Right. So I actually grew up in northern Virginia where spring uh, soccer is played in the spring. Uh, I ended up transferring to DeMassa High School in Maryland where soccer was played in the fall. Uh, and that's not just public or private schools, public schools as well. So it varies state by state. And, um, you know, unfortunately in New Jersey, you can't play soccer and uh, kick for your football team at the same time. They just won't like in, in a public school setting, that is. Um, but I was fortunate in high school at a, at a private Catholic school in Maryland. They allowed me to play soccer and to continue kicking and punting for the high school football team, which was which was great, but um, you know that's that's certainly a factor uh, here in New Jersey. Right. Well, if someone wants to get in touch with you and train, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, the easiest thing is just to look us up on our website, STS Camp. So it's Special Team Solutions 
you can Google it, or our site will come up. We're also on Instagram, at SPS Camps, and Twitter, same handle, at SPS Camps, uh, Facebook, Special Team Solutions. So uh, it's pretty easy to find us online. And you guys are available not only for larger camps, but also small group and one-on-one sessions, correct? That's correct. So we're based here in New Jersey. Uh, we do a lot of our training in, in Central and North Jersey in particular, um, and uh, small groups, private training, and, and certainly larger camps as well. All right. Well, Lee, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's always so good to talk to you and catch up and talk about these specialist positions over at Rutgers. Thanks, John. I really appreciate the time, and go nice.